podcast where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Diedrich Taylor. Coach Taylor is the head coach at Cal State Fullerton. We talked to him today about staying the course, learning to foster intentional relationships, not to sugarcoat feedback, and how to grow and develop impactful service. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thanks for having me. Excited to uh, excited to be with you, Coach Taylor. Uh, just really glad that you're on, man. Uh, I know you're you're busy. You got a lot of things going on as a head coach there at Cal State Fullerton. Uh, you know things are just moving, and, and guys are going to probably start moving in if they haven't already. So there's a lot of things going on, and so here again, just appreciate that you making the time to be on. Of course, of course, we're in a uh, kind of a downtime. Our guys went home they, they'll be back starting next week so okay gives myself and our staff a little bit of downtime and, and some time to uh engage in things like this good good thank you i appreciate it coach so what was uh who introduced you to the game coach you know i've been I, i've i've sucks as far back as i can remember i've been in the gym with the ball um when gotcha. i was two years old it's interesting um I remember, literally, I remember being in a junior high school gym. And at that time, obviously, I didn't know this, but at that time, my dad was uh, the high school PE teacher, a junior high school PE teacher, and the high school, junior high school, excuse me, junior high school coach um, at Fremont, which is a junior high school in the town that I grew up in. And I remember as far back as two, being in the gym with the ball. And, and every since that age, I've always been around the game. Um, because of my dad, because of the relationships that he had, uh, some of the things that he was doing in our community have always been a, been around the game and, and been attracted to the game. Yeah, got to love those PE coaches. That's how I started off as a PE coach. Yeah, and, there you go. Yeah, humble beginnings, especially when uh, you're dealing with first through fifth graders, as which I was at that time. So it just, sure. you know, a lot of impact you can have, a lot of community building you can have. Because the kids that you serve, Definitely. you see them everywhere, and it's so it's it's just, it's no just I get what you're saying when you say well, you talk about your dad. So, what you know, what was your experience like as a player coming out of high school and in college? You know, I've had a a really unique um, experience. Um, obviously, growing up in the house of a of a basketball coach, and um, my dad actually coached me from from my early years all the way up through high school. Um, wow. I didn't really have another coach, a different coach, until I started playing AAU basketball, probably in like the sixth or seventh grade. And so AAU was nowhere near as big as it is now. No. Um, then when I was coming up, we played a couple, a month or so, and a couple tournaments here and there. And then we were, you know, back back doing our doing our deal. And um, it was, it was, unique because of the exposure that I had to some of the the basketball minds um, in the game. You know, obviously playing for my dad was a unique opportunity, a unique experience, and I went on to play junior college 
uh, basketball at Kings River. And the guy that I played for there, Keith Hughes is his name, probably one of the best basketball minds that I'd ever been around. He was wow. all motion, straight motion, straight yeah. man-to-man defense. We yeah. very rarely ran any plays. And so that type of inter- introduction to the game at that level was, was extremely fascinating. And a lot of the things that we do today on the court were things that I learned and absorbed back from him. And then I was able to move on and play for Bob Williams at UC Davis, who's arguably one of the best coaches in the, in that conference. And obviously yeah. was in the big West as well and proved his work there. And so my experience has been extremely vast um, and very unique um, with all kinds of different opportunities that I was able to learn and grow from. And, and, and I've been able to pick and choose different things from different experiences and utilize them throughout the course of my career. Fantastic, Coach. So, you know, considering that your dad was a coach and coached you and, and kind of brought you up in your formative years, so to speak, uh, would you say he was the biggest influence in, in you going into coaching? Um, yeah, I would say he, he probably, he at that time, and then even still, he, he definitely is one of the, the bigger influences. Um, and, and probably for maybe a couple of different reasons that are not necessarily X and O. Okay. My dad was a pillar in the community and, and someone that everybody looked up to, whether we were in the community or on campus. Um, he was just one of those guys in the community that everybody, um, he was, they were drawn to him for yeah. one reason or another. And so that community feel, that, that community love, so to speak, to take care of and look out for everyone is, is definitely a part of who I am today as a man, who I try to be as a coach. Um, and that definitely is a huge part of, um, you know, my, my coaching philosophy, if you will. Um, yeah. So in that regard, yeah, I would say my dad. Um, and then obviously just being around the, the various coaches that I've worked for or played for, they all in one way or another show up in our, in our day-to-day quest to be, um, you know, a good coach and, and produce a good product on the floor. Got you. No, that's you. You're talking about community. I think that sets the right example for our kids when we, as coaches, get involved in in a community, and people look to us for something. Like, I can picture your dad just like I could picture myself walking into the supermarket and people coming around. Hey, coach. Hey, coach. Everywhere you go, you're good old coach, yeah. and uh, and not Definitely. just not just not because you're winning games or anything. Maybe that's part of it, but because people know you care. And people know that you're invested, no and so uh, great, great stuff there, Coach. So, uh, which leads me to my next question about mentorship. Uh, you know, who would you say mentored you or played the biggest part in your preparation for becoming a head coach? Now, uh, sucks. Uh, it, it, it's it's interesting because I think a lot of a lot of people have have done their part in terms of the mentorship piece. Um, you know, definitely every guy that I've worked for or played for has had some part in mentoring me, whether it be, you know, again, X's and O's or, or off the floor stuff, dealing with different issues that may or may not come up. Yeah. Um, you know, all of those guys. Herb Sendek probably has, I would say, the greatest influence because I was with him the longest. I was with Coach Sendek for seven years, and we – you know, we were able to get a program at Arizona State and, and take it to, you know, another level, a respectable level. Yeah. Um, 
while we were there. Obviously, we had some really good players and some really good people, but just how he was able to manipulate the factors to control a lot of the things that were imperative for us to have success. He knew them, he hit them, and then he was, he tried to allow us or gave us an opportunity to, to be consistent uh, with those things. But obviously, Mark Fox, who at the time I worked for at Nevada and the, and the level of success and how we were successful, his system, um, his ability to recruit and the recruiting model that we had at Nevada uh, still plays a heavy part in what we do today. Um, he Troyer, who's now the head coach at McNeese State, we were yeah. college roommates, wow. uh, junior college roommates, and we made a pact that if we both got into coaching, whoever became that first, whoever became a head coach first, one would hire the other. And he held true to form and gave me that opportunity to to go work for him at Portland State. And nice. again, a lot of the things that he did offensively and defensively are they'll show up in what we do today. Um, so really, uh, even Steve Aggers at, at Loyola Marymount and Brian Fogle at UC Davis, some of those things that those guys did, they all, I think, you'll see uh, in, our, in our coaching today. That's fantastic, Coach. You're talking about real influencers. I think sometimes we think about influencers as, you know, celebrities or, or uh, YouTubers or whatever. But the reality is some of the biggest yeah. influencers out there are coaches, and there are people out there, you know, on a daily basis making deposits in our lives that we'll never forget. And that here again, knowing that the coaching profession is all about maybe sometimes stealing stuff from other people, you can definitely steal, sure, uh, sure. you know, great concepts like you're talking about the X's and O's on and off the court type stuff. So that's fantastic to know yeah, that, well. that you've kind of uh, grafted those, some of those ideals and, and best practices within your program because it means a lot to a lot of people that uh, their experience with the head coach they were with at the time left some kind of imprint and was fruitful. Yeah. And so it, it's great to hear yeah. you say those things, coach. So sure. I, I, I think about this with head coaches, right? Because you always got to prepare a staff, right? And you, you have to hire the right people. And I've seen lately that you've, you've been bringing on some, some really good guys and, so how does culture play a part in that? Because I, I think it's important, right, for culture to be solidified within a program. But when it comes from the aspect of bringing in a coach, how important is culture and fit for coaches coming into your program? I, I think it's invaluable. Um, I think one of the reasons we've been able to experience our version of success has everything to do with the staff that we were able to put together when we first got here. Um, I think there's there's something to be said for the fact that we made very few changes to that staff. Um, the two guys that moved on, um, John Smith now at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and Danny Sprinkle now at Montana, Montana State, State, they yeah. were true day one guys. Yeah. They were here day one. Um, they've seen this 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 situation go from the bottom to a version of the top and they've been an active part of it um, and, and when we got the job I spoke of characteristics that represented those those two guys in particular because I thought they represented what we needed to build a successful program in John Smith you have a guy who's a um, he's a hall of famer literally he's a junior college head coach hall of famer yeah. Um, and, 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 and again, a pillar in our community, a guy that has touched a lot of lives, both on the floor and off the floor, 
through the game of basketball. And I think, you know, for me, I was, I was, I wanted, I was attracted by all of the things that I thought he could bring to our, to our scope, just based on who he had been and what he's done over the course of his career. And he fits to a T what we were looking for. An experienced guy that's called timeouts, that has put together a program, a successful program, um, and, uh, and given us an opportunity to, to do that here through some of the trials and tribulations that we've endured. He helped us kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. And Danny Sprinkle, same thing. A guy that's been in this league for a long time, um, who knows the ins and outs. He's experienced the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows yeah. during his time at Cal State Northridge. And having that experience, once again, bringing it to Cal State Fullerton, I thought he could really, really help us recruiting-wise and on the floor. And, and those two guys in particular, again, they stayed the course through the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and the ugly. And for them to move on to become, you know, head coaches, it, it's the ultimate gift from our program to them um, because they gave so much and sacrificed so much. And um, there's not one thing in our program that those guys didn't have a hand in. Yeah. And I think that's an invaluable asset um, to allow coaches to come in and grow and develop. And no, everything wasn't peachy. We had our disagreements and we had this and that and our good times. And, and that's all a part of the growth. You know, yeah. that's all a part of the, the maturation. And you have to go through those things. And I think you have to go through those things with wide open eyes and a different level of awareness to, to try to experience or learn from those experiences. And to me, those guys were two of the best at doing it. Yeah, coach. I mean, you're saying a lot there and I'm talking, and I'm thinking empowerment while you're talking, you empower your coaches sure. and, uh, and not only because you want to be seen as a, as a coach's coach, but because you know, there's a potential there for some great things to take place. Like you talked about, you know, kind of the adverse times and having success within that because you can learn something from failure. And even in those moments where it wasn't peachy keen, uh, you said maturation. That's so huge because we sometimes feel yeah. like we, we sometimes feel like because we've done something long enough, we're mature in what we're doing, but kind of to, to the, to the contrary, sometimes we need to mature in, in different ways. And yeah, you know, humbling situations can really mature <laughs> a person real quick. No question. So, so no question. I'm glad you said no those question. things. So how in particular do you feel like you prepare your staff to take ownership of what your overall goal is for the program? Um, I think giving them ownership, you know, yeah. allowing them to um, shape some of the culture in our program, you know, yeah. from a recruiting standpoint. Um, from a from a from a basketball standpoint, I think having conversations that is two way um, is is extremely important in that particular capacity because empowerment, the word you used, is very very important uh, to me and a part of our culture. Um, I, I, I want guys that want to come in here and 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 give to us, but also learn together, yeah. grow together. Uh, and, and just really, like I said, there's not one thing in our um, program that, that, that our staff is not involved in. I don't necessarily have an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator. Um, everybody does everything. That's it's your scout. It's your scout. You have yeah. to prepare us in every possible way um, from the film to the 
to the on-court preparation. What should we be doing offensively? What recommendations do you have defensively? And so we try to change the way that you look at the game and make it a more holistic approach versus, you know, maybe some of the other approaches out there. And, and I was at a symposium some time ago, and I heard the former AD at University of Virginia, his name is Craig Littlepage. Yeah. And he said this to a room of coaches that were all aspiring to be head coaches. He said, don't wait to become a head coach to think like a head coach. Yeah. Think like a head coach now. And when you get in that seat, no, you won't be perfect, but you'll already have formed some ideas and an ideology of what to do in certain situations. Yeah. And that stuck with me. And it's always been something that I, I try to pass on to other coaches um, via a daily example. Like when you ask me about a problem or how do we do this? My first question is, well, what do you think? Yeah. And it's not because I don't want to, I don't have an answer or, or I don't, want to tell them what I think I just want to hear from them like let's 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 have some conversation about it and figure out the best possible scenario that we can create that benefits everybody and from that outlook I think people um they inevitably they grow and they develop and I, th I think that has become a huge part of our culture um both staff and players guys are coming in here and they're putting in the work and because of that work they're learning they're creating awareness. They're growing and they're developing and experiencing a level of success um, that, that they can appreciate. Fantastic stuff, Coach. I like what you're talking about, growing, developing, creating awareness. I always I think this way, like creating something for your coaches to step into at times is kind of, uh, I don't know, it limits them. It puts them in a box. But when they're a part of the creating of the culture, they're part of the, the structural or the infrastructure of that culture. Man, they take more ownership, like you said, and they feel more uh, vested interest in it all. And therefore, you'll get optimal. Yeah. You'll get optimum out of them. Yeah. So, so, no question. Yeah. So talking about authority, because I think one of the biggest things about authority is that for us, you know, we have to learn how to be under authority before we're given it and responsibility and all those things. So, how important is delegating authority with your staff? Um, you know, I, I maybe look at that that word authority maybe a little bit differently. Okay. Um, authority, I would maybe replace it with relationship. Gotcha. Because the, the, the relationship that you're able to build, um, the bond that you're able to create, I think gives you the opportunity to possibly use your quote-unquote authority in certain situations yeah um i i think i think you it's imperative that you 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 intentionally grow a relationship yeah so that when you have to have those difficult conversations when you have to have those those moments of intensity where the work the language may may be um <laughs> you know x-rated um <laughs> where you have to express yourself it, it all comes out of the relationship. If you invest in the relationship in the young man or young woman, they know that you care about them because you've invested in that relationship yeah. and you've built it, then you can really be impactful and be productive in those times where the quote unquote authoritative opportunity presents itself. Yeah. Um, I'm all about relationships and I, I believe those relationships drive 
your ability to be, be productive together. And yes, you do have to have some of those tough com- conversations because you're dealing with the age group that every day is dramatically different yeah. than the last day. Yeah. And the next day will be dramatically different because of the challenges and the different things that, that are, that are going on in that day um, based on what, you know, what they're dealing with and what they're going through. And so it's important that you present yourself as someone who is in support of them, their wants, their needs and desires, but also can help them project um, for them to grow and develop into the person or the player or both you guys think that they can be. And so once I think you've built that rapport, I think you have a chance to really, really have impact in those types of situations where it is intense, where, where you are challenging them um, and, and telling them or driving them, encouraging them to do something that they may not see the outcome. They may not understand why you're asking them to do that. Yeah. And so you're able to do those things because of the relationship that you, that you built. And, yeah. and to me, if you do those, if you, if you put in the time to invest in the relationship, you pretty much can get any and everything you want. Definitely coach. I, I feel like what you're saying there is like, you need to look, and I've always taken this perspective when it comes to players, when I, when I'm dealing with, with young people, cause you're talking about the challenges they face every day. And, and not that it's insurmountable or that it's so different from what we were going through at that age, but it's just different, right? Yeah. So, like, you have to see no them. Question. You have to see them as a completed work already. When they walk into your to your gym to your program, you have to see them as a finished product because then you don't know what you're working with. You don't know where you're trying to get them. You don't have a vision for them. You don't have a kind of a, a, a shared vision to get them to where they need to be. Yeah. So, just so important, coach. And and here again. Everything you're saying is just, you know, it's hitting all these marks that I think us as coaches and the, and the listeners, uh, you know, we can all kind of just reflect on why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it really about relationships? How come I'm not getting through to these kids? Is, am I doing the best I can at, like you said, growing relationally and intentionally growing each relationship one by one? So, Coach, when it, com- when it comes to feedback and criticism, how do you process those? Um, you mean in terms of feedback to give to our players, or, or you from yourself? Them? You yourself getting feedback from from your assistants, from your AD, uh, from from anybody, uh, the media. How how do you process feedback or criticism? Um, you know, for me, I, I you, first of all, I seek it out. Like I want to know, yeah, what people think in terms of people that I respect. Like gotcha. I don't want to use that word people. Like every every everybody because there's you know everybody ain't looking out for me you know what i mean true, true. or or my program and so you know persistent uh you know consistent with with our assistant coaches i'm i'm constantly asking them what they think i'll give you a perfect example with our current staff last week everybody was out of the office and the the, the beginning of the week because our kids were gone and we were starting to come back towards the end of the week and getting towards the coming into office and i, I text everybody and I, each one of them individual today do me a favor. Take a couple days, some time, and think about this question. What are you most concerned about our program right now? Yeah. And then give me, give you some solution to deal with those things. And to me, like, that's my way of getting feedback. 
that's my way of kind of engaging them in conversation on a lot of different levels. Yeah. And, and that, that spurned, I mean, we just started talking about it yesterday and it's, it's created all kinds of different conversations. But the point is to try to get to a place to where they're thinking outside of their box, so to speak. Yeah. But then also, I'm sure what their concerns are are legit because they hear information. Yeah. They get information different than I do as a head coach. And their information is really, really important. I mean, it's, 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 it's on the street level yeah. where our players, our players are going to walk in their office and tell them things differently than they'll tell me. And so I want to hear those things. But then also, what's the solution? What can we do to try to help them understand or help, help, our, help deal with those concerns? Uh, and that's, that's kind of how I, how I receive feedback or, um, get out. Like I'm, I'm constantly after it. Like I want to know from an administrative standpoint, evaluate our program. Tell me what you think. What would you like to see? And what are some of the things that you think we can do better? And let's have some dialogue because yeah. from an administrative standpoint, they don't always see, um, some of the things that we're dealing with. And, yeah. and, and obviously the other way around, I don't always see what he sees or what he's dealing with. Um, and I'm speaking in reference to my particular AD. Um, so, so those are the ways that I try to attract feedback. And then obviously, like I said, there are certain people in the, in the business that I respect and I'll call them and ask them, Hey, did you, can you watch this on film and share your feedback with me? And the one thing I always ask people, I said, don't sugarcoat it with me, please. Yeah. If you feel like you need to punch me in the face, punch me in the face with it because <laughs> I can receive it better. That's just me though. Like I, 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 covet those kinds of things because at the end of the day my quest is to be the best version of myself yeah yeah my quest is to try to help people be the best version of themselves and the only way you can do that in my opinion is if you hear truth if you're not willing to deal in truth in my opinion you're setting yourself up for failure or a false sense of success and that's just the way that I try to approach things, man, like I'm not, I'm not too big for anything. I know that I'm not perfect. I know that, um, I have my own idiosyncrasies. I, I, am aware of what excites me and what disappoints me. And so I, my awareness is really, really, uh, in my opinion, at a high level. And so I'm yeah. constantly seeking feedback and, and information to how can we make it better? Yeah. So you're so sure of yourself and so self-aware that even when people interject certain things, although you you value it, and some people you may not value it so highly, because you know where you're going. It's like I know where I'm headed. I know yeah, what well, we're doing, and and yeah, yeah, I, I'll take that. I'll take that. That right there. Wow, I don't know where that's coming from, yeah. but uh, I got to move on. You know, I, 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 get, I get exactly no, no what you're saying. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, there, there's so so. I'll just share this with you too, really quick. There's a friend of mine who's in the office today. Works for. He's a he's an uh, an NBA scout, and we were talking about that specific piece of gaining knowledge and acquiring knowledge and so on and so forth. And Kevin Eastman, who's another friend of mine, um, his book "Why the Best Are the Best." If you yeah. haven't read it, read it. That are listening, yeah. if you haven't read it, if you're not reading it, you are doing yourself a major disservice. Yep. But when you hear Kevin speak before he talks, he always says, "I'm only here to do one of two things." Challenge what you think, or at least make you quest, or, or or at least make you think about it. Like challenge it. Like, yeah. am I doing? Is that? Is, do I believe in it that much, or is there a new way 
to do it. Yeah. And so that's the way I, I like to receive information. Does it confirm what I believe and what I'm doing? Or does it challenge it to a way to where maybe I need to rethink it and look at it differently and do the work behind it? Yeah. Um, that's the way that I like to kind of deal with feedback, so to speak. That's, that's a great uh, perspective, Coach. You, you talk about Kevin Eastman. Uh, and kind of his approach, and you know that's that book, man. I, I you know, I I kind of read through it uh, with the hopes of just gaining enough knowledge and information. And I wound up interviewing him, and so I was glad I did read it because yeah. I didn't want to sound like a buffoon. But it really did bring yeah. it really did bring to light a lot of things. Like I don't ever think, oh, I got to be the be- better than anyone. No, I want to be the best version no of myself, question. like you said. And when no you doubt. can kind of no chase after that and, and, and get after that, man, you really become uh, versatile and in who you serve and how many people you can influence because that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants to be the best version of themselves, whether they want to admit it or not. And so uh, here again, yeah. just great points of emphasis, Coach. So, you know, kind of doing some self-reflection within your career and and kind of just the idea of what what am I learning about myself as a lifelong learner? Yeah. Uh, what am I learning? So, Coach, what have you learned about yourself throughout your career? Ooh-wee. <laughs> Where do you want to start? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've learned, um, you know, I've learned a tremendous amount. Um, but I think there's still a lot yet to yet to be ascertained, um, yeah. particularly about myself. Um, but but I learned um, that I am a lot more competitive than I would have given myself credit for in terms of a coach. Yeah, um, I'm all about competing. I want to compete in everything. Like like let's play one on one or let's not me personally because I don't play anymore <laughs> at all. I don't even think about it. Yeah. But just the competitive spirit yeah. Um, yeah. about myself, uh, I, I've learned it's, it's got a different edge uh, to it. I've also learned about myself. Um, oh man, like you know, you you think you have a you you think you you want to do things a certain way, and you get in a situation, and then you realize, man, that's that's not what I thought it was going to be, and and being able to pivot out of those situations. I've learned that about myself that I am willing to to be vulnerable to be able to do that, and it's okay. Yeah, it's okay um, to, to be vulnerable, and 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 I think you learn the most when you are in those vulnerable states. Yeah, um, you know, I I, I think um, some of the other things from an offensive and a defensive standpoint, I've really been able to kind of look at the game maybe a little bit differently as I've as the years have passed as far as being a head coach. Um, just, just like coming in, I wanted to do things a certain way. And, and, and now we're able to not only define those things with how we talk about it, but our terminology surrounding it yeah. uh, has changed. Um, just being able to drill down into what I want to be as a head coach. Yeah. Um, I'm a relationship guy. Uh, I'm a high energy guy. I don't like guys that, that mope around. I just, if you're an energy vampire, please go as far <laughs> away from me as possible. Yeah. Like you have, I, I just, I can't stomach it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I've learned from a defensive standpoint that, that I care about three things, basically. I want to I be able to guard the ball. Um, yeah. I want to make sure that our ball screen coverage is on point. And then at the end of those two things, I want to rebound it. And if yeah. I can rebound it, that leads me right to my bat, my offensive piece, which is I want to get that thing up the floor and score as fast as I can in transition. I want to put yeah. as much pressure on the defense in transition to, to get the ball to the front of the rim as possible. So they don't set um, up. And yeah. then I really want to, I want to space it. Yeah. And, and I want to get downhill. And I want to try to create either a bucket, you know, a scoring opportunity at the front of the rim, or I want to pitch it out for a catch and shoot opportunity. And so being able to describe that, like the first couple of years, it would have taken me like seven paragraphs to get that to you. Whereas I feel like I can get it to you defensively in three bullet points, offensively in three bullet points. And it really, really, it really references who I want to be, who I aspire to be on both sides of the floor from an X and O standpoint. Wonderful coach. Yeah. You're, you're again, another point of maturation and really learning sure. more, more about the game when you feel like I know a lot. Uh, no, there's, there's always more that we can learn in expanding our, our mindset and, and that, that all comes with that. So here again, that, that's, that's awesome stuff. So coach, I, I want you to finish this sentence for me. The life of a college coach is, Boy, I could go a thousand different ways with that. <laughs> um, the life of a college coach is is, is hectic. Um, it's 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 nonstop, but it also is one of the most rewarding feelings um, that you could experience uh, as a human, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing, coach. Yeah, I mean, and, and, yeah, yeah. No, the influence you can have, the impact. Yeah you can have is, is just, yeah. it's unbelievable. Lifelong relationships. No, it is. Yeah. Since you're a relationship no guy, doubt. you know all about that. Like that's, that's the no reason part. I got into coaching because first of all, it was from our baby brother who's 10 and a half years younger than me. And I thought, you know what? I want to build with him, be close to him, make sure his little friends have a good yep. time. And that's how it all started. And 24 years later, you know, I look back and say that was the best move I ever made. And it was all, and the genesis yeah. of it was relationships. So, yeah, hear what you're no saying. Question. That's good. No question. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <clears throat> there's a, you know, and through those relationships, I've been able to find purpose at another level. I've been able yeah. to, to value my purpose at another level. I've been able yeah. to understand the true definition of service and impact and mentorship and, and yeah. networking and being able to really, really, really dive into those words and allow them to, define who it is that I want to be as a, as a man, um, for my two daughters, but then also as a, as a coach, um, you know, mentoring and doing all those things, it, 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 this opportunity has allowed me to, to grow and develop, to continue to use those buzzwords for, for myself, but continue to grow and develop into who I am today. But there's also an opportunity to add growth and developing for the future. Yeah. Um, to, to myself. That's awesome. Yeah, you you uh, you set yourself up for a process, a lifelong process, and not a destination. Uh, you set yourself up for you know constantly just you know I don't know you 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 can set yourself up for some really good victories along the way because you got goals. Yeah, you've got uh, benchmarks. Yeah. You got all these things that say my life just is, isn't about me. 
It's about, you know, service. You know, like you talked about service. All those words you use, the only way you can ever implement those in your life is if you're working for and with people. So, you know, here again, yep. great, great stuff, coach. So I, I ask every coach this because at some extent and, and at some time, to some extent and some time, we have to make sacrifices to do what we do. And, and sometimes those sacrifices are well worth it because, like you said, it's a hectic job, but, man, the, the fulfillment you get out of it is, is, is out of this world. But what are some of the sacrifices that you've made to be a head coach today? I mean, what, 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 is, what did that look like for you? Well, I think the greatest sacrifice, quite frankly, is just family time. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's so many things that are happening with your immediate family, you know, with your parents and, and, and the siblings and their kids and all of those things. You're not always readily available to be able to attend those things. Yeah. And you almost kind of look almost kind of ostracized because you're not able to, you know, attend the graduation or the, the baptism or, or, you know, all of these life changing events that are happening, you don't necessarily get to be there. Um, my daughter, her birthday is July 24th. She was born nine years ago. At the time that she was born, it was at the height of recruiting. Like literally I almost missed her birth because I was on the road working, but thankfully God saw it fit for me to get the call at three 30 in the morning to catch a 6 a.m. flight to walk into a hospital at 948 and her to be born at 1027. Wow. Like literally that's how it happened. But there's mm-hmm. a good, there was a possibility that, you know, I can miss it. But even now she's nine. I've, I spend the day with her, but then I got to get right back on the road because again, we're at the height of recruiting, which is, you know, arguably one of the most important parts of your program. Yeah. Um, so all of those things, you know, even with my friends, my best friends and their relationships, our relationship, you know, they, they take a hit because you don't get to experience it, um, you know, on a day-to-day basis because your, your schedules, you know, you're here, you're there, um, their kids are doing things and you don't get a chance to necessarily be a part of that. So those are some of the, I would say that's probably for me personally, one of the biggest sacrifices that, that I know I've, I've had to make um, to be where I am today. is just those, those relationships uh, with my family and my family's great. They obviously, they understand, they appreciate it, but, you know, it's like you always get the well. We didn't tell you because we didn't think you can make it. And ninety <laughs> yeah. percent of the time, they're right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff, Coach. Yeah, I think the uh, I know that sacrifice question. I just ask it because I know I usually know what the answer is going to be, but I think it just bears sure. repeating so that the listener can always remember. You you're going to have to sacrifice yeah. something to do this. This is not just something you walk in and you think it's only going to affect you. It's going to affect the people that you love. Yeah. And, are, and once you count the cost, are you willing to pay the price? And, uh, and, no I, and I think no it's doubt. worth it. For, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, you could say that for, for, for anything, really. You know, nothing, yeah, yeah. nothing great is easy. Yeah. And, you know, everybody, everybody sees the, the, the payoff. Yeah. You know, they see you hoist the trophy at the end, but they don't realize maybe some of the things that you've endured to get there. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you are human, the fact that you you hurt when you're not able to be, um, you know, there for your daughter when something's going on or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. And so really it's life. 
it's probably maybe magnified to a different level because of the the quote unquote notoriety of of, our, of the positions that we carry. Yeah. But in the same token, we're human, just like everybody, and we go through the same things, um, grief, and you know all the different things, the emotions that we've been given to express ourselves, and and we experience them all. Yeah, good stuff. I like what you said. Emotions given to us. I I just. That we can go down a whole other tra- trail with that, but yeah, I like that term. Yeah. Uh, so, coach, sure. you know, every day we're building something. You know, whether it's our programs, whether it's uh, relationships, whether it's our our family culture, which matters a whole lot. Uh, what do you want your legacy to be as you build it? What do you want it to be when it's all said and done, coach? You know, I, I used some words earlier to describe what I'm aspiring to be, but but that's that's it. When when it's all said and done, I, I want people to feel like when they were in my presence, they got everything that I could give to them. So that hopefully they can continue to grow and develop. I want to provide them with service that is impactful, um, to help them be the best version of themselves because if they are then so am I. Yeah. I am I I am a giver by nature. And it goes back to the way that we kind of started the conversation of the influencer in my world as far as the introduction of basketball to me. Yeah. It came from my dad, but it came more from a community people base. Yeah. It's about the people. Right? We have success here at Cal State Fullerton, and I believe this to be true in any situation. You are successful because you're surrounded by good people. Now, you may be able to hit a little bit of success here and there with some lower character people, but to be able to sustain it and trust that it's going to continue to grow and develop, it's all about the quality of the people. Yeah, The people make everything. And so for me, if I can have a positive impact on people, if I can give them everything I have to help them grow and develop, at the end of the day, when people reference me to my kids, that's what I would prefer them to say. That's what I'm working for them to say is that, man, he might have not had a lot, but he gave us everything he had wow. for us to be better. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm good. Fantastic, Coach. Uh, that's strong stuff, really strong stuff. And I get where you're coming from, Coach. And, and, and I, you know, you can respect people from afar which I have, but man, I've, I've kind of grown a little bit more respect for you now hearing all this. I and and I just be on, I mean, I'm being honest with you, man. I could tell you, oh man, I thought you were, you know, no, I, now I know, you know, some people have a persona <laughs> and until you have sure. a conversation with them and get to know them, then you really know who they are. And, yeah. uh, and I'm so thankful that you're there where you're at working with the kids that you work with. So uh, coach, sure. I, I really appreciate your time and making the time no, to be no. on. Uh, and so, you know, here again, I just appreciate you for that. Sure. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, and it's always always good to chat with like-minded people. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said for that. There's a different vibe and a different level of energy that comes from those kinds of conversations, like it's invigorating. And I feel yeah. like right now I feel really, really good. Like I feel like I can go work out. I'm not going to. <laughs> Because of this conversation, yeah, yeah. I feel really, I feel really excited again because we, you know, we've exchanged some ideas that are all centered around pretty much the same things yeah. that happen to happen because of 
the sport that we all love, yeah. basketball. Yeah. You know, you're able to make these types of acquaintances and have these types of conversations. And again, I am so grateful for this opportunity um, that you would even think enough of me to ask me to be uh, in this, share this space with you um, to, to have an opportunity to express some of the thoughts and ideas to your listeners. So I'm super humbled, super appreciative, and, and definitely look forward to connecting with you and your listeners again. Fantastic, Coach. I look forward to that as well. And so, again, thank you so much for your time, and I wish you nothing but the best here in the summer finishing up and in your, in your season to come. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. You can find us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and you can even follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach 47. Thank you.